Hey guys, welcome to this week's topic of the week. This is a really good one this week as well. We, we keep saying that, but they're, they're always really good. Yeah, they're always great. So this one is the Israel-Iran Shadow War. Yep, so the Israel-Iran conflict has been a, nothing but a silent but dangerous situation. Iran's goal is to decimate Israel, and Israel is committed to do anything to prevent Iran from obtaining nuclear weapons. Throughout many decades, the two have engaged in land, air, sea, and proxy exchanges, but avoided open clashes to avoid uh, all-out war. So before we go into what's going on right now between the two, let's go into a bit of the timeline on how this shadow war um, began. So when the Iranian Revolution occurred in 1979, Israel had, before the Iranian Revolution, Israel and Iran had decent diplomatic ties. At the time of the Iranian Revolution, though, and the rise of Ayatollah Khomeini, you guys had the right, um, he severed the two because of Iran's anti-Israel policy. Um, he declared Israel was little Satan, and the United States was the bigger Satan. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds right. Yeah. So, um, going into 1982, Israel invaded Lebanon for the attempted, uh, in retaliation for the attempted assassination of Israel's ambassador to the Great Britain. This caused the Palestinian Liberal or uh, Liberation Organization, the PLO, to leave Lebanon, and also caused military mil militia groups like Hezbollah and Amal to organize. In 2006, another war between Israel and Lebanon took off. This time, Iranian Revolutionary Guards were suspected to have supported Hezbollah. Uh, in their attacks in Israel. During the Gaza War, Israel carried out airstrikes against smugglers giving Hamas weapons. In 2009, Israel also captured a ship that was bound from Iran to Hezbollah, allegedly. And these smugglers were also uh, suspected to be Iranian um, as well. Uh, in 2010, Iranian nuclear scientists were now beginning to be assassinated. Iran and global media uh, sources believe that Mossad, uh, the Israeli intelligence service was behind the um, assassinations. With the beginning of the Syrian civil war, Israel engaged in multiple covert operations between 2013 and 2017 to take out Hezbollah and Iranian targets in Syria. They went covert from open engagement between 2017 and 2018, where Israeli uh, openly bombed Iranian targets in Syria. Since the end, well, I mean, the Syrian civil war never, never is not, been not, yeah, it's not ended yet. But since 2018 until now, there has been constant assassinations, cyber warfare between the two, and sabotage between the two. Attacks on ships, for example, have been huge between the two, uh, between the countries, and drone strikes have also been common between the two countries as well. For example, from 2019 to 2021, Israeli-owned ships were attacked in the Gulf of Oman and the Arabian Sea, and in response, is Israel. Uh, attacked numerous Iranian ships, ranging from commercial to military um, ships. So that's kind of like a timeline of how the shadow war kind of escalated over yeah. time. This this is a very um, important implication for the security of the Middle East. Um, as we all know, the United States has been increasingly more involved in the Middle East since the since nine eleven. Honestly, since the Gulf War in nineteen ninety one, nine eleven really kind of struck a big nerve for us. Obviously, and then we went to Iraq, Israel. Has uh, Israel has nuclear weapons? They're one of the nine nuclear power states yep. in the world, and they don't want Iran because they have nuclear weapons. They fear that Iran is probably like North Korea, stupid enough to drop some weapons somewhere. Um, they have been targeting nuclear facilities for for years. The most recent and biggest um, 
was a blackout at a nuclear facility in Iran that was uh, conducted by Israel. Um, Iran retaliates. They usually don't retaliate by drone strikes. They retaliate by hitting cargo ships, businessmen, and hurting and harming civilians outside of Israel. Um, the United States trying to be a mediator, trying to like contain Israel because they're if they've got a lot of things going on if in their country, obviously with Palestine and a lot of human rights violations, and so they're they're just targeting more and more. Of the Arab world in in Iran is pissing a lot of people off, right? And so uh, President Trump he had a very hawkish hawkish view on the situation where he would uh, he'd basically tell Israel like hey like you know problem like drone strike them keep tr- like knocking their facilities especially after we pulled out of the JCPOA and then President Biden when he came into office he had a more di- diplomatic approach to it re- trying to re-enter the JCPOA to establish better relations with Iran, telling the Israeli president to try and establish diplomatic relations with Iran. It's not working. They kind of gave that up. Uh, 2023, five days ago actually, Israeli President Netanyahu reportedly had a secret meeting and they were planning another strike on a nuclear facility in Iran. So many implications. There's a lot of these things. Yeah, there's a lot going on right now. And just going back to the whole um, Biden administration restoring the the comprehensive plan of action and then just kind of disregarding it. They disregarded it because they saw that tensions between Israel and Iran were just going to keep going. They didn't see anytime soon that diplomatic ties between the two are ever going to be restored. And as we, as you said, they're going to continue targeting stuff. And I believe the U.S. will take a more, not so much very direct approach, but kind of like, hey, here's a bunch of weapons that we secretly are going to supply you because of Iran supplying drones um, for Russia to use in Ukraine. Yeah. So um, the U.S. was kind of was in it, out, and now they're going to go back in to see what they can do to prevent Iran from uh, in their involvement in the Russia-Ukraine war. Yeah, no, it's very interesting because the United States is trying to use its Arab allies, uh, most notably the UAE and uh, Qatar. Um, they're they're struggling to really kind of get their the Arab allies on the side of Israel, um, mainly for religious reasons. They they don't see eye to eye there, and secondly because well, Israel has their their. Um, Hand in, you know, with the human rights violations in Palestine, and the Arab countries are like, well, they're they're bargaining them and not letting them secede from uh, the country, which is a whole, you know, whole different issue, and we'll we can discuss that on another time. Yeah. But Israel is is struggling to find partnerships, and even with the United States, and then on the United States side, the United States is struggling to kind of contain Israel because right. we're not kind of showing force in that like hey like if you don't stop it we can you know prevent you from trading with us we can use our allies to stop trading with you and stuff like that but a lot of people are pro-israel um but there's a lot of the arab world is pro-palestine and iran they're gonna and the, the conflict between them is disabling the region um there's the iranian militants are starting wars across the the uh, Middle East to try and spread their influence, especially in Afghanistan and Iraq. 
and the Israelis are, are afraid that they're going to get bombed if, if the nuclear weapons program keeps continuing. Right. So the president, President Biden has a lot to deal with as of already. China, the war in Ukraine, North Korea. This, this is a whole other thing that they got to worry about. Yeah, yeah I, I totally agree. And there won't be peace in the Middle East until there comes a point where enough is enough. Um, Israel and Iran just like give up their attacks on each other and they're like this is just not sustainable for the region yeah so until that happens there will be no no peace in the region yeah no definitely not and so and part of the reason that the middle east is so to stay is uh so destable unstable that's the word um is because of the united states our track record partially russia mostly the united states in in the 80s we supplied weapons to afghanistan then we pulled out and, you know, Osama Bin Laden got pissed at us. They bombed our the World Trade Center, took it down, and then we went and started, you know, an, one of the war of all. A pretty bad war in the Middle East that caused a lot of lives. And I think the United States just needs to take a different approach to this issue. And I think what we're what we're doing is we're putting the US pressure on Israel. And yep. the US pressure on Israel and Iran is just not enough. There needs to be more pressure from all sides, including the pressure from yeah an international just perspective as well. From the international to use or international organizations and just to come down hard on Israel and Iran, both of them, yeah. they're just gonna be like quit it because this is gonna be another situation where we might see another Russia Ukraine uh, war pop off again. Oh yeah. So if there's if there's no direct response from the international organization, and I get it, the international organizations are tied up with uh russia ukraine right now but after this the next goal should be we need to stop all conflicts across the planet we need to step in in every single place where there's high tensions and be like quit it because we cannot afford another russia ukraine situation so yeah yeah no i i totally agree and the funny thing is is even pre um the war in ukraine you know, the the focus of like the eu the us and a lot of countries were were, were taiwan um, Russia before even pre the war and also North Korea, but Israel kind of gets outside of the United States kind of gets glossed over a lot. The United States focuses on it first because it's our only one of our only allies in the region outside of the UAE and Qatar. But also, I, I just don't I don't really know why the EU, especially considering they're so close, ignores Israel. Not, not ignores them, but doesn't focus on it as much because they they are a nuclear weapon state. Iran can be the tenth nuclear tenth or thirteenth. They're close. They're, they're studying, very close. Um, they're getting close to nuclear fission, was it? And with this development, they can essentially create a warhead soon so yeah and and that's that's a big issue if they can create warheads that's two nuclear powers on borders you know yeah. same as india and pakistan and whenever india and pakistan are in conflict the whole world is focused on it like saying they're like diffuse 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 stop. yeah yeah stop, and then stop, over stop. over in israel and iran they're just like bad and then they give up <laughs> they give up yeah it's so weird i don't yeah, understand this, it this can't happen i mean I have a fear that this shadow war post-Russia-Ukraine is going to turn into some sort of open engagement, similar to how Israel went into Lebanon and Lebanon retaliated back in 06. Um, so that's my biggest fear, really. And if this happens, I don't know if 
who the players will be, or will this just be between a war between Israel and Iran? Um, if the U.S. will be directly involved, if NATO could be directly involved, um, because right now we're just tied up with Russia, Ukraine. Yeah. Maybe our next big focuses are going to be could be the Shadow War, Taiwan, and North Korea. So yeah, the Shadow War just seems to be like third or like last on the list in terms of we're, we're just like that's not our problem. They're, <laughs> they're doing their own thing. Israel's well de- uh, well defended. If they get to the nuclear program and if they get to Iran's nuclear programs and buildings and and they eliminate it, fine. If not, we'll let them do their thing. Yeah. So it's kind of, this is just not acceptable. This yeah. is not acceptable. No, the, the the biggest problem that I see is that Israel feels like they're cornered. And Trump, oh, yeah. what was it, twenty nineteen when Trump had the where they moved the U.S. embassy. Uh, to Tel Aviv, I think it was, then. or from I, Tel Aviv to Jerusalem, yeah, I think something it was like that. And that was a big step for the United States in peace, right, for that region. And other countries like the UAE and Qatar and Lebanon recognized that too, and they recognized Israel for the first time. Um, and so that was a big step for the region. But the issue is, is that Israel is is an instigator. Like they they went to Lebanon. They're they're shooting down um, Iranian cargo ships for what reason? First, they, they don't they don't do it as a retaliation. They do it first, and then they also I mean, fusing the nuclear program. I can understand everyone wants to do that, and I'm sure United States uh, CIA and MI6. I mean, is behind it too. But I get what you're saying when they're the instigator, but you also have to look at post 1979 when Ayatollah Khomeini said Israel is a little Satan and we can't do business with yeah. them. So that kind of just sparked. This open engagement, uh, this sorry, not open engagement, this shadow war, but I, I, I would say, in my opinion, both are instigators of yeah. the situation. If they could go back to trying to discuss what we can do in the region to coexist, and instead of just engaging in the shadow war and targeting ammunition depots and using drones to hurt each other, I believe that both are at fault here. Yeah, it's not one or the other. Because if Iran was the one saying, hey, let's engage in peace, and Israel is like, no, then Israel would be the problem. But essentially, they're both the problem that stemmed from uh, Ayatollah Khomeini. So. Yeah, what are, what are the, what's the group in Iran? Uh, the Sunnis, right? They're the majority, like, Muslim party, the Sunnis? I think they are. They're, cause they're... I believe, hold on, let's, uh, it's either... I thought it was the Shias. Yeah, the largest of the two main branches of Islam, which differs from Shia... Uh, Sunnah, uh, the Sunnah, it's a conception of religious. Sunni is the largest branch of Islam. Yeah, so it's the largest branch of Islam, and the Shias is the, the, the smaller one. And I think Iran is trying to kind of pick up the pieces with the Taliban in Afghanistan and Iraq to get the, the, the Sunnis on their side. And let's just say the Sunnis, they, they all come together one day and say, you know, screw this, we're going to go against Israel. And Israel's really backed in a corner. Yeah. I think that the developed Middle Eastern countries like Qatar, like the UAE, need to step in and kind of foster some more peace talks with, with the United States, Egypt. Egypt is a big one oh, in the yeah. Muslim world. And maybe maybe the United Kingdom and France to, to kind of put in peace negotiations. Because Fran- France is the only country that I personally, and the UK, that I personally have read that actually kind of have a little bit of an active involvement in diplomacy. Germany doesn't talk, doesn't even act on it. Egypt, nowhere to be found to discuss it. The UAE and 
Qatar, they're barely involved in the peace process, which they should be. Yeah. And just to con- go off on this peace process thing, they are, all the Middle Eastern countries have one thing in common. Oil. Yeah. There is a bunch of oil. And I'm sure that through discussing economic benefits between, let's say, if Israel and Iran were to lower their weapons and say, listen, like, this is just not sustainable for our region. What can we do to better support our region? Economics is big. Creating some sort of economic work between the two would be the first step. And then once they create and they see the benefits of creating economic ties between the two, they'll lower their weapons and say, look, like, we can't do this. And if we were to have the Israel and Iran sit down and have peace talks for once, what's not to say that the solutions that come out of this would also solve the issue between Israel and Palestine and creating a two-state solution? Because now what you have is two major powers in the Middle East coming together and believe in the coexistence. Then you'll have Israel and Palestine lowering the weapons, and then you'll have a solid, like, cooperation in the middle east and even with more developed uh, middle eastern countries as well yeah. so that's a really good point because I, I i forgot to mention saudi arabia considering that they're the largest oil producer too that could be something that they can use to influence uh their their say in the region using economics right which is, which is an interesting i've never really thought of that um as a thing to kind of make peace but that's also a good point um i think the the biggest thing that's stopping peace talks is the Iranian government itself because they're so anti-Israel and they're so their 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 dictatorship they have control of everything. I mean, it, I'm sure I'm sure Israel would love to make peace. I'm sure the Saudis would love to make peace. The Qatar would love to make peace. I'm sure you know UAE would like to make peace. But and I want honestly, I'm sure Jordan, Lebanon, and Egypt would like to make peace. But as long as that government in Iran is there, kind of just influencing everything, like so anti-Israel, yeah, then it won't happen. I mean, we might see a shakeup in Iran because of the current Iran problem. Wow, I know it's it's like yeah. it's crazy. It, it, I think there will be a shakeup eventually. Um, the Iranian government will have won't have enough resources to try to uh, stop all the protesters within their own country, yeah. and hopefully, maybe out of these protests. We can have a new new change in the Iranian government, something that we can see post nineteen seventy nine. I hope so because I mean the one the one thing about Iran is that they're Sorry, before nineteen seventy nine. I said yeah, post. Yeah. Now that I'm thinking about it, yeah, before nineteen seventy nine. Yeah, Sorry. no, no worries. Iran, Iran is becoming a pretty developed developed. They're they're developing pretty quickly. Nice cities, clean cities, uh, lower poverty, um, especially since twenty fifteen, but. You know, with the with the recent thing that happened with that that lady that was killed um, in in prison, or or was she just taken prisoner? Was it both? She was pres- taken prisoner and then killed. Yes. Yeah. Oppression is rampant. It's bad, especially with women. And women are starting to come out, and women around the world are starting to come out. You see good. protests in the United States when that happened, which was very good. Absolutely. And I think women can be a big part in influencing the the change in leadership within Iran, and. I think security wise, the United States should should be in there and just like like keep pushing, keep pushing everyone to protest, you know, take women's rights into account and maybe it could change the government. We could we just have to be careful with how much we push because we yeah. don't want ourselves to be directly involved with um the Israel and Iran shadow war as long as well as the protests going on in Iran as well because They'll just say, "Hey, what are you doing? Like, get out of, get out! You're affecting yeah. our sovereignty." So, 
We just have to be careful with how much we're pushing in there. But I believe this should be the focus of foreign policy post-Russia-Ukraine is definitely solving this issue because there can be a lot of, there could be so much benefits out of this, especially for oil, which the, the world needs. So. so many security implications in the world the United States have oh, focused yeah. on. And they focus on it by themselves, too. That's what, I, that's what pisses me off the most is that the United States... I think I think the United States should take the lead on security issues, but what we don't get is support from our allies in the EU very often on security issues. And that outside of Taiwan and outside of India and Pakistan, our allies are not helping us with North Korea. They're not very involved in Syria outside of France. And then Pal in Palestine, the UK and France are really the only ones helping with peace talks. And then you go look at Iran and Israel. I mean, the United States and maybe the UK. We need more help from our allies. We Germany know. Germany needs to help get involved. I think Japan needs to get more involved. And if, if Japan and South Korea really want to focus on security, and like we were talking about in last week's episode, you know, they need to get involved in other things too um, to show that they can influence security around the world. And maybe China will, will back off a little bit. Um, so th this, this region has been stable, unstable for a long time. And... The United States, Ukraine needs to focus. They need to work with Israel ambassadors and come on a diplomatic approach. And tell them just to chill out with your attacks and because it's just giving it's just throwing fuel in the fire. Iran is gonna keep going for their for their nuclear program, no matter who's going to stop them or what. Yeah. No matter how many sanctions you put, they are dedicated and they will get it. To throw a wrench in the conversation, if Iran were to get these nukes, would this lead to deterrence through mutually assured destruction between the two yeah would I mean, the drone attack stop would the would all just any engagement really just would this shadow war come to an end if iran were to obtain the nukes yeah i mean obviously the hope is they don't but you know deterrence has always been the thing it's the reason pakistan and india are actually at a relatively up. normal relations quote unquote um, because they don't, they know they'll just end up killing each other, you know, and destroying that entire region. There's no point. Um, so may, deterrence is, has always been that mutually assured destruction has always been that thing that has prevented all that war and destruction of the world. But I mean, let's face it. I mean, like Iran is not a very influential country. Militarily, militarily they are, they are but they do in the Middle East, yeah. especially. But I, I, I can see them dropping it. You see, them I can it? more than North Korea too. Really, because of the difference between North Korea and South Korea is just a history of you know war, war, war. That's just, just it, war. and there's just different, different people. Quote unquote, yeah, there's war. still a war. And Pakistan and India, the same thing is just war and boundaries. That's the biggest thing about them. I think North Kashmir. Korea would be crazier to, would be more, the Kim Jong-un would be more, what's the word I'm looking for? Irrational to drop a new compared to Iran, in my opinion. Yeah, I'll, I'll just, just to kind of throw a, a counterpoint to tell you the difference in this one, religion. Yeah, that Muslim is, versus Judaism. Yep, that religion is. can be. It's always been the fuel for the fire for how many years? And you know, un, un, unfortunately, the Middle East is not. Not unfortunately, you know, it's okay to be religious and, and 
but they're extremely religious, and there's a lot of extremism in Iran, especially Syria. And then you look at Israel, um, you know, they're extremely religious too, and, and there are cases of extremism in, in Judaism in Israel, and so to protect their religion. So you think they'll, because of religious reasons, if they do obtain a new they might use it uh, like, to try to eliminate Iran. Satan. Iran literally said that, like you said before, Iran wants to wipe out they do. Israel. They do. They just want to. They don't want them to exist. Out, but and and what better way to do it in the name of religion? Yeah. How how long has that well, been? Well, if they do, would well, that would probably trigger an international response unseen, even in the likes of the Russia Ukraine war? Yeah. Well, of course, there would be cooperation but i think there might be boots on the ground in iran yeah like we're talking nato i mean even could it be possible russia might side Maybe with russia wouldn't side with iran in that case to drop a bomb after if, they... if they dropped the bomb yeah now now if 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 they did the bomb first then russia would be like they'd be there yeah but if iran drops the oh bomb my first, I, I, we would see it. especially if russia loses the war before then so i do see like religiously wise, but they also have to look at the international perspective. If they do, Iran is it's over for Iran. Yeah, they'll be they destroyed. See, they they would be yeah they would be destroyed. They, they they would first they'd wipe Israel from the map, and then they'd be wiped from then, the map. <laughs> which goes back to my thing of deterrence. Then yeah, and, and I agree. I think I think deterrence can be incredibly. It's unfortunate important. that we need nukes to negotiate peace, but sometimes you. you you go back and you think like, well, this entire world, we have nine countries with nukes. If one were to fire, How everyone... How many countries are there with nukes, actually? Uh, my guess is seven to nine. Nine? nine? It was seven to nine. Hold on. Uh, yeah, it, it, it is nine. It is nine. 13,000 um, nuclear warheads. Wow. Hmm? Just to think of just... Just to take a step back and just think of how many nukes... There are. Yep. 13,000 nukes? Still. 6,800 in the United States, 7,000 in Russia. Six, 60 or 270 that's in China. impressive. That is just impressive in a bad way. Like, how many times can that destroy the world? Oh, it would. I mean, just, just a couple of nuclear weapons would, you know, the decimate world. life on this on this. I mean, it's just like, why do we even need all these nukes at the end of the day? Like... I mean, for for it's like you said, deterrence. deterrence. You know, the United States, Great Britain, deterrence. and France's uh, and India's perspective is deterrence. And it sucks that we have to use these as deterrence. I'm sure we could have deterrence through just conventional warfare. Like, hey, you want to mess around? We'll we'll go we'll go straight to business. Yeah, but, yeah. I, that's that's why Iran wants nukes as well. They want to quote unquote protect themselves from quote unquote little Satan and yeah, quote unquote Satan. again big Satan. So, if my next point is, let's say Iran does get these nukes, somehow, right, the idea of deterrence is thing now between Israel and Iran. My point is that this would launch a new global initiative to strike a peace deal in Israel and Iran. This would call for the biggest, I think, international response we'll ever see in history to solve the Middle Eastern crisis, in my yeah. opinion. It'll be the biggest step forward in initiating peace, in my opinion. Yeah, um, I I think I would agree. Um, first things first, when uh, Pakistan and India had you new know, nuclear weapons or have nuclear weapons and they were threatening to use them, um, 
everyone stepped in. And now there's relative relative peaceful relations um, outside of what's happening on the border in Kashmir. It's just fantastic that it's just very fantastic to see that international response. Right. But it's also upsetting to see why we don't see the same international response when it comes to North Korea, too. So or when it comes to the fact of why we could just get rid of nuclear weapons in general. I know Russia. Russia has 7,000. China has a lot. England has a lot. France has a lot. Israel, Pakistan. There's just no incentive to have a 10th nuclear power in Iran. I mean, that's scary. Currently, there's just no incentive to drop to, 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 to drop the idea of, you know, having nukes. Like, yeah. there's just no incentive. And that's the crazy if thing. If I'm not going to do it, he's not going to do it. Yeah, exactly. And if he probably, if he still does it, he's probably going to develop some secret nuclear program at the end of the day. So there's just no incentive. And that's the sad thing, too, is because we got to see firsthand uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki. You know, everyone saw it. We still see it. And we went there and we saw what happened in the museum and everything in Hiroshima. And that's not even the tip of the iceberg of how powerful our weapons are. We still have yet to drop a hydrogen bomb. And that's hydrogen bomb. Man, that's deadly. That's that's 500,000 people within square mile radius killed. That's another couple of million more. One nuclear bomb dropped in New York City would kill almost the entire population. Right. And so hopefully maybe like hopefully there will be some sort of conclusion to the end of this um shadow war that's all i have to say really about about the uh shadow war yeah, hopefully it never turns into a uh, live fire and open engagement yeah uh, especially no war especially because we can't afford it right now yeah with russia ukraine look how look how devastated our economy was for 2022 i mean a world war with just the amount of boots on the ground and everything that what it would do would be horrible horrific right. terrifying any final remarks? No, just you know, everybody, for 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 us to you know, spread spread the spread the word, you know, make spread sure people can word, see it. You know, it's it's out there. People know what's going on because the these the things that are going on, the security issues in the world. You know, not the whole population knows what's going on and how close how close things can be to uh, the brink of another world war and even worse, you know, nuclear war. Yeah. So, I- I forgot to mention, like, Israel and Iran, they're just dancing yeah. on, like, thin ice right now. Uh-huh. All it takes is one incorrect engagement. Something go ter- goes terribly wrong. It's, that's it. Same with Russia. I mean, the Ukraine, exactly. they're, they're dancing we're, on we're, it, too. We are all, the whole entire world is dancing on, like, one very thin layer of ice. Yep. Someone falls, their ass cracks the ice, that's it. Yep, it's over. And, uh, I mean... It's scary, you know, especially with Russia being as powerful as they are militarily. But hopefully none of them are that stupid. Yeah. So uh, with that, thank you for watching our topic of the week. We will continue to have um, interesting topics for you and we'll try to keep our latest global developments also um, as recent as possible. So yeah. uh, thank you for watching, everyone. Yeah, thank you. Not watching. Yeah, <laughs> thank, thank you all.